Um, I always like to start creatively, but uh, I think that was creative enough. Is that okay? Yes. <laughs> great. All right. Well, how are you today? I'm doing great, Brendan. How about you? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Uh, real quick, just wanted to touch base with you on, uh, we haven't joined since we last uh, shot a video in place of our podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, that was a pretty awesome job you did editing there. You know, well, of course my mom watched it. And the first thing she said is when are you going to get your haircut, Daniel? I'm like, I can't, it's not legal to do that right now, mom. <laughs> and that's been a month since, well, it's not been a month yet. It's probably been, how long has that been? Uh, a couple of weeks. weeks. She's like, why can't you be more like Brennan, Daniel? Yeah. It's been a couple of weeks now. Well, my hair's growing out and I need to get it cut. Yeah, but, I was going to ask where Ringo and the rest of the Beatles were. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they're down the hallway, actually. Yeah. They're, they're staying away. Uh, but you know, today uh, we just talk about a couple things today, I think. And, you know, we did that video, uh, obviously, in response to uh, the governor's request. Uh, but we also wanted to do it to just kind of be funny, but also to allow people to understand uh, some of the implications with COVID. We are battling this now. What We're going one month, uh, I guess. We're around the one Seems month. Seems like mark. six years. Well, Has it only been a month? It's been six months for sure, uh, the way it feels. But Anyway, uh, you said a year. I said six months. I'll I'll just have it there. Uh, and then the other thing we want to talk about today, I know you and I have talked about it a little bit, uh, and of course it's been covered here locally. Uh, and it's just a you know the Tuesday incident uh, with Jeremy Marr in the city. Um, this is uh, an incident that you know we've seen these things happen before in different areas of the country. I'm sure even here, um, as far as if you look at it from different angles. But the biggest thing I think we need to talk about is just trying to clarify some things. Uh, what's going on with that and and uh, we'll, we'll get all of that today on Convergence. Welcome back to Convergence. As we talked about earlier, Brennan, a big issue occurred involving the Glasgow Police Department and an attempted arrest, we're told, of Jeremy Marr, in which he was later pronounced dead. There was a video that was released via, via social media uh, taken by someone who claimed that, you know, they were at, you know, kind of that scene when it happened that shows some involvement between one of the officers and him where he appears to be on the ground. Not a lot of other official information is out beyond that, waiting on an autopsy report. So that's pretty much where it stands right now, Brennan, but there have been protests and a lot of speculation circling around this incident. Yeah, that's kind of the, that's the good word to use is speculation. There's been a lot of that um, as it happens with these sort of things. And it's, it is of the public interest uh, mainly because um, it involved some police officers here um, in the city, but also uh, it was a public interest simply because it was in kind of a high traffic area of the city. You know, it wasn't really hit away. It was right there, uh, right slab deck not in the middle of glasgow but right there you know in a, in a large portion of the town where people are traveling um the thing that i have uh, gathered from being kind of on the front line and just talking you know with people and such and um i know this would this has obviously been another reporter at your establishment covering this um and I just think the biggest thing in this, you know, the initial thing is we, you know, talk to police and say what happened according to the police. Um, but that's that's only one side of this. And I'm not necessarily saying that that side could be wrong, but we always have to remember that. Um, I've kind of been criticized in the past for, you know, using uh, language such as this purportedly happened or mm -hmm. things like that. And people criticize me for that because they're like, well, are you saying the police are lying? Well, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just simply saying that the police have said that and it could be factual there could be some you know disparity in that who knows mm -hmm. because again like you said this is an investigation and this is something that they've not released a whole lot of information on and i'll be the first one to tell you is the the old timer in the room here that uh i've covered 
criminal stories in the past where the news releases that were initially issued were not later found to be correct. And sometimes it was a honest mistake. Sometimes more information came to light. Sometimes you just question what happened there. So as a reporter, as a journalist, you should always, you know, attribute information to a source because unless you know, it's factually true, a hundred percent, you witnessed it yourself. You got to rely on other people to tell you that information. That's why when you cover a government meeting, you say, according to the mayor, according to the judge executive, mm-hmm. same thing with covering crime because we don't know. This issue, as you said, we've we've seen issues like this arise, you know, throughout our state, other parts of the country and whatnot. And I'm not going to speak generally about this direct issue because there's still so much information to come out. But there's multiple sides of these when you see uh, an officer involved, you know, where where someone ends up dying in, in officer custody, whether it be through physical contact, shooting, what whatever happens. Um, first of all being a police officer is a very hard job and you know, for what they're paid, it is a very, very difficult job. I'd be the first one to say that. I know Brennan, you've ridden wrong with, with police before while they're mm-hmm. on duty. I've done the same, covered a lot of bad situations, no friends that are, are police officers who can tell me about some things. Uh, my dad was a military police officer and the stories he told me about, you know, how scary it is even just pulling over someone in the middle of the night who's drunk and you don't know how they're going to react when you come up to the door. So mm-hmm. it is a hard job. And when you're put in a, an altercation that fight or flight that we kind of talked about before comes into play and you don't really, you know, you're kind of into it. The other side of that though, is we have to trust our law enforcement to do the right thing. And we have to believe that when law enforcement comes to uh, respond to something that we're going to be treated fairly, you know, that they're going to be trained properly. And I believe most of our officers follow that training and are hundred percent behind it. As I have said, in multiple columns since I've been here, though, because we, you know, we covered the issue last year involving the, the shooting where Deputy Ford was shot and luckily he recovered. But, with, you know, KSB kept using that blanket under investigation. We're not going to release any video under investigation. You know, the police department wouldn't release anything. The sheriff's department couldn't release anything. Well, they could. They just decided not to. What seems to happen, though, is when there's a video, this happened a couple weeks ago in Louisville, where there's a video that clearly shows the officer was in the right, that a person was coming at them, trying to attack them, and they had to, you know, use force to to stop that. Um, they seem to release that video almost overnight. Yeah, rather quickly. There's no, you know, pop records being filed. It's, hey, look, here everything is. But then when these incidents happen where we're not really sure what happened, kind of like the Deputy Ford issue, it seems like, they just kind of delay the release until, I mean, we had to stay after him, stay after him, stay after him before we finally got that. And, you know, we don't know what video is available from this incident. There's been speculation that they didn't have body cameras on. We don't know that yet. If they do, I think they need to release that pretty quickly because there's a lot of suspicion over what occurred there. Sure. So to just back up, I think it's important. Perhaps someone's listening today that has no, you know, knowledge of this case. Um, so the first thing we want to say with this case, uh, you know, this event happened Tuesday, April 14th. Um, authorities were called to a home in Glasgow. Uh, apparently someone was attempting to break into the home. You know, that was the, you know, the wording that police gave. Um, that happened about, I think, 740, if I remember correctly. Well, that man that they later uh, encountered and everything apparently began having a medical problem or episode however you want to term it there and 
he was transported to the hospital, but he later died. That's the information that we received upon, you know, going to the scene and, and asking. But they did confirm that he died, and they were doing a death investigation. And they were essentially, uh, say they, as in Kentucky State Police, was investigating at that house most of the day um, on April 14th. So, you know, the, it was kind of weird, honestly, because it's, you know, like, okay, they're doing a full-blown investigation for someone who was attempting to break in, but he just died. Well, it's because he died in police custody. And so uh, that, you know, that all happened. And then what was it, Wednesday or maybe it was Tuesday night, that video that we've been referring to surfaced that demonstrated or it rather showed three police officers um, and then a subject on the ground who we presume is Jeremy Marr, who was the subject um, involved in that crime, on the ground. And one officer was repeatedly using his knee um, while he was subdued. Is that what you gather from that? That's pretty much what I saw, too. Yes. Yeah. And that's part, you know, if somebody's resisting arrest, we don't know what was happening there. Right. I think when the public sees a, an officer striking someone, that immediate reaction is, oh, my goodness, what's happened here? And it may have been, I, we don't know. It may not have been necessary. It may have totally be proven to be wrong. There's still going to have to be investigations conducted into that. Yeah. But it also may have been a proper use of force. We don't know if, you know, the person was restraining before that. Right. And, what happened? And I know a lot of criticism from this has, has come on uh, social media and stuff. And the first thing that we're getting in this is that, okay, this guy, uh, Mr. Marr, had a criminal history. And particularly, uh, he was a drug user, apparently, right. and all of these things. And actually, that was confirmed by a family friend who uh, who told uh, several news outlets um Right. Uh, when they held a protest later in the week, she told us her name, uh, but I cannot remember. But she confirmed to us that she uh, knew Jeremy because her husband had been in some trouble in the past. And he and Jeremy knew each other from, I guess, being in jail with each other. Right. And she and he both confirmed, you know, Jeremy had some problems in the past. OK, well, uh, I think the big thing that I'm seeing here uh, from people in Glasgow or in the surrounding area is that. Okay, well, he, we know he's had a drug problem in the past, so he must have been using drugs on the morning of that attempted break-in. So, right. therefore, he must have been just going bat crazy, and so the police were in the right. Well, we don't know any of this. No. And the same way that I think on the other side, the other side, we're getting all these comments, well, their body camera footage wasn't working, or this doesn't happen. And just like you said, that has not been confirmed at no. all. That question's been asked, I think, by virtually every news outlet, and the, the answer is, well, we're not going to confirm either way. Right. Um, and and like you said, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the police uh, agency's discretion. If they're going to release that or not, well, that's up to them. Um, but when you hear this, you know, justice for Jeremy, I think that's interesting because, you know, this is something uh, that we really don't deal with here a lot. But we saw this happen uh, several years ago, a few years ago, I guess it could be, um, with this whole wave of police brutality and stuff. You know, right. that's interesting, I think, right. because no one would ever think of that happening happening here in Glasgow. Sure. Um, and who's to say that it did happen or didn't happen? I don't know. I'm not going to be the person to say it did or didn't because I, I don't know all of the sides of this. Right. And it's hard to tell by the, the length of that clip what exactly happened, but that's why I come back to we have to trust law enforcement. We have to trust our government. Transparency is important. Kentucky State Police, to me, I'm sorry, I think they're totally wrong when they take those videos and refuse to show them to the public and use the uh, excuse that, and they have the right to do it under state law. It provides them to, to withhold that information as long as something's under investigation. 
I, but they also have the option of releasing it if they want to. And that's why I'm saying it's, it's, I'll say it, it's hypocritical to release video that proves an officer is, is right. But then to use that, well, we, we, we're still under investigation, so we're not going to release this when there's some questions about what happened and, and maybe something continues to be under investigation. You got to be consistent with these things. I mean, Hey, Police, being as I said, being a police officer is hard. And just because, let's say one person, hypothetically in a situation, one cop does something they shouldn't do, that doesn't mean all the cops are bad. I mean, journalists do stuff sometimes that's bad. Doesn't mean all journalists are bad. Any profession you have, there's people that don't do things right. But you cannot taint the reputation of all of them by trying to hide that. And I think of all all the things I cover in my career, you deal with that so much in government where... I'm not saying that's happening here, but sometimes it seems like the cover-up and the lack of providing the information is worse than what actually happened. Like I said, we just dealt with this with Deputy Ford last year with the shooting involving mm-hmm. where he was shot while, uh, as a deputy, was assisting the city police department uh, trying to arrest a person who was high and was you know speeding and blah, blah, blah. And the, it, the video showed that an officer struck the man on the head with a gun and gun and goes off, hits the deputy but we didn't get any of that video for, and there was so much not really, and you know, you watch the video, you could see it was probably not handled correctly with officers striking the man with a loaded gun. You're not supposed to do that, but it wasn't really, I think if they just released that at the start, there wouldn't have been as much speculation about what's happened here. And why is, you know, da, 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 which you allowed that to build up. And that's what I'm afraid is going to happen here. If Kentucky mm-hmm. state police, if there wasn't a video come out and say, Hey, there wasn't a video. We're looking into that. Um, and there's protocol within the police department. They're supposed to have those body cams on. So those officers, they didn't have their video on should be disciplined. Well, and I will say, uh, and again, this is no attack on one side or the other, but I know as well as you do that body camera footage specifically with the Glasgow police department is always sketchy sure. or any, anything like dash cam footage. It's always sketchy. There's right. never a time when it's like, okay, yeah, Clear here it is. You yeah. know, just give it right on over. There's always a, a trick. There's always, Oh, we didn't have that portion of the video or right. we didn't have it at all. You know, it was right. dead. It wasn't working. Well, that's an issue in itself then. Yes. What the heck's going on with and, the body camera? And footage? that's what happened with the deputy Ford issue. The police, the Glasgow police department officer who's not with them anymore involved did not have his body cam on. It was not working. There was, he gave a reason that it had been malfunctioning and he'd mentioned that before or whatever, but we ended up having to get video through the, the, the sheriff's office eventually when the KSP allowed it to be released. And that's the, like you said, that's hundred percent correct. It's, you know, what is this issue? Now I'd like to also say though, on the, to the other end, that argument about, you know, this person was a known drug user, known mm-hmm. criminal, however you want to, you know, say he, he did sure. have a lengthy criminal record. You know, I mean, that does not give someone a reason to, you know, be treated unlawfully by anyone. Right. That said, you know, if there was something going on with her, he is known to have done that. Then, you know, you always got to comply with police when they tell you to do stuff. You can fight that battle later. Was it right? Was it wrong? So, you know, you know, if he did have, he was doing something criminal, which will, which should be determined through this investigation and he did, you know, resist arrest or whatnot, that officer has the right to make sure that you are complying with the sure. order. So, I mean, you know, yeah. it's better safe than sorry. If an officer tells you to do something, you should probably do it, you know, because, you know, unfortunately these situations can happen and, uh, you know, it's just, it, the whole thing is just a bad situation, it, you know there's nothing really right that's going to come out of this. It's just an ugly situation. Right. And I think that's the big thing too. I don't necessarily know that the comment that uh, because he was a known, um, you know, 
criminal, however mm. you want to put it. Um, I don't necessarily think that's the reason uh, that people are saying, well, it was okay that this happened to him. Right. I think it was uh, there. People are using that justification to, to perhaps, you know, speculate that he could have been um, high or he could have right. been aggressive or he could have, you know, whatever. Um, but again, either way, you know, it, it's the integrity of the officer. And like you said, I don't know um, what was going on. I, if I were in that scenario, I don't know what I would do. It, You know, police officers are humans. You know, they're obviously going to react like a human when it comes down to it. They can be trained day and night. And, you know, if there's one moment that just, you know, is pecking at the human nature, well, the human's going to take over the police officer. You know, does right. that make sense? Oh, yeah. Uh, the ideology. So yeah. uh, I think that's kind of the thing that we're looking at here. But again, it just doesn't make any sense to me why there's not more transparency in this yes. uh, because it's not like they're, you know, I understand when there's a robbery or something and they withhold, you know, information that might, um, you might, uh, you know, give some evidence uh, about something else with the case that could, you know, twist some facts in the case when there's a witness involved or something. But with this scenario, the man is dead. Yes. You know, he's he's dead, and the police officers that were involved with this are on administrative leave. So the only thing that could possibly happen now is that we know that the officers were in the wrong or he was in the wrong. And if the officers were in the wrong, well, then okay. I would hope you're going to discipline them. You've already said you're going to discipline them or take some action if it turns out they were in the wrong. But what's the reason for hiding all this information right now? If, and who knows for an unamount, you know, and who knows it could be for, for a long time because this is what we've seen in the past. I think once this autopsy report comes back, there will be a lot of pressure on them to release it one way or the other. If it shows that Mr. Marr was under the influence and, you know, I think – that doesn't necessarily clear the police from doing that, but I think maybe the police would be more likely to release it before because the KSP will still do its own investigation to how the officers, you know, reacted to this, you know, it, it, beyond, you know, the Mar investigation aspect of it so that it could still be months and months and months before they reach a conclusion and, and are required by law then to release all that information, the videos that are available or whatnot. But I will say this, if they did not have their body cameras on and they wait several weeks before announcing that to the autopsy. I don't really care what that autopsy shows. There's going to be a lot, and I would say warranted, a lot of suspicion about what occurred and why it occurred and why we have yet another incident of, you know, a, a Glasgow Police Department officer being involved in something and then, you know, not having a body camera on. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. You know, we obviously could look at this. I think looking at it as a journalist is um, – a little different than looking at it just as a citizen. You know, citizens uh, look at it uh, with what little information they're given, and they already are speculating and making, a, drawing a conclusion. Sure. I think as a journalist, you know, looking at it, you're you're obviously aware of the conclusions you could make, and you know, it's always a possibility. But like we've been talking about, there's always that other possibility. Um, but you know, like you said, with this happening in the past, you know, with body camera footage specifically, I look at that as a whole nother issue. You know, it's yes. not about how the officers reacted or anything like that. It's about this whole body camera footage thing. Because just to clarify, body cameras are supposed to be used to provide clarity in things like this. They're supposed to offer the police 
uh, a safe haven. They're supposed yeah. to help the police more than anything. <laughs> yeah, they're not. And they do a lot of times. Yeah, they're not. I mean, if they're working, but but they're not like, you know, these, okay, mandated, you have to have this, you know, you have to be wearing this, you know, because there are some agencies that don't have dash cams, yes. that don't have body cams, and that's fine. But ours do. But ours do, and they should be working, and they should yes. obviously be using that to, uh, for lack of better words, save their ass. Yes, and two years ago, we had an issue with a deputy here that had gone to respond to uh, an issue with a uh, – the, the address he was looking for was out in the county. He was out mm-hmm. there with a child support person. And I, there was some sort of issue with a child. Well, he'd gone to the wrong address. They didn't know that. Well, there's a Facebook post circling around that this officer came out and pulled his gun out on the property owner and threatened to kill him and da da, and it goes viral. We're getting sent, yep. you know, Facebook links to it and everything else. Well, the sheriff's, you know, Keen's basically like, that's not how this happened. And within 48 hours, they released the video from his dash cam and from his body cam showing that he came out there. The guy actually, the property owner actually comes out of the door with a gun. Well, I was going to say, I remember that very well. And, you know, it's funny now um, looking back at that. But, yeah, Yeah. he he did come out the door with a gun on a totally different, unrelated, uh, you know, he just came outside with a gun. He was with a friend, supposedly. And so the deputy pulls his pistol because he's like, oh, man, this guy's coming out to shoot us. And then, like, (laughs) they end up. You can hear them talk. They end up understanding what happened, and they. Re- but what right. was posted on social media was totally not correct, and so that body cam proved that deputy was doing the right thing and acted, you know, law. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't do anything wrong, and it also dispelled the the social media rumors that were out there. But again, you have another incident there where the police, you know, released a video quickly that you know absolved an officer from a deputy in this case from any wrongdoing. But then you have these other issues that creep up, and they're so slow to. It, it makes you suspicious. I don't care if you're a journalist or not. It makes you wonder. Well, yeah. Why is this video not being released if everything's I, fine? And I think it does make people suspicious simply because it, a crime always does. You know, sure. it's been that way for years. I mean. I'm saying like hundreds of years, you know, it, newspapers in the 1800s, you know, are covering uh, suspicious things going on. That's right. just the that's just the nature of this because it's of public interest. I mean, that when you're looking at news judgment, that's one of the things is immediacy. And, and what is it related to the public or to those that you're serving? Um, so I think that this issue is totally immediate to people around here, but also, again, because it's involving police officers who are public servants who are being you know paid essentially by the the state you know if you will the state of the commonwealth that's kind of the thing i'm trying to get at here they are public servants you know whatever so people are kind of looking at this like okay well that could have been me perhaps but again who knows we don't know what was going on with him we don't know what was going on over there but i also want to clarify too with the protest um I know we covered it. I know you all covered it. And that uh, protest was newsworthy because, again, it, you know, it's happening after this event. Um, But I don't want people to be fooled by that. Yes, uh, you know, we we use quotes from those family members that are obviously highly emotional right now. They they only know what the public knows, really. I mean, they, they might claim to know other information, whether they know that or not. I don't know. I don't know how they gain that information if they do. But I think uh, that that protest that happened, there was another one, too, in, on Friday in Bowling Green, I think. Um, that, you know, incident there, uh, they 
they are throwing out some information that we, we really can't confirm. You know, I heard, you know, he was he was not well. He was trying to seek help. They they didn't call 911 on him, but for him. And then the police show up and decide to do that. I don't know. That seems a lot of rumors. That seems unlikely. But again, it's not something we can just throw out. But but there just needs to be transparency. I think if we're if we're going to say anything, there needs to be more transparency. And let me make a point that I always try to make uh, on a lot of these issues. This is why you must have professional media, because I have seen so much speculation on Facebook. I got stopped in the community when I go out about this. I heard this. I heard that. This is and some of that may later prove to be true. But the point is. Right now, everything's based on speculation. And until you have real professional journalists out there asking these questions and getting and sifting through, I mean, the public, I don't think, understands how much general disinformation, misinformation, you know, bad leads that your average journalist receives in a week, you know, mm-hmm. calls about, I mean, with the COVID-19 going on, I can't even tell you some of the calls. I know you get them too, that I get about, you know, this stuff going on that's just totally not true. I, yeah. I mean, I can't say any other way than, but that. <laughs> have so, you have you heard this? Have you yeah, heard yeah. That? And so, no. like, without professional, like, an issue like this, imagine what would happen if you're left here in Glasgow and there was not a WCOU or a Glasgow Daily Times to go follow up on these issues and keep these people, you know, informed with real facts. I mean, no telling what people would believe because there's so much disinformation. People will put stuff on Facebook and on Twitter without it being confirmed, and then that gets out in the public you know, perception. And then people are like, well, I heard this happen and I heard that happen. It's like, we don't really know. Maybe that happened. Maybe a 10th of it's true. Maybe none of it's true. We'll eventually we'll find out, but that's why you got to have people that are, are dedicated to the truth and you can't just base, you know, things on speculation and hearsay. I'm off my pedestal now, Brennan. Hey, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think that... Can I get an amen? Yes, amen. Thank you. <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, I think that it's it's crucial that, you know, that people who know what they're doing are covering these kind of things, you know, uh, because just, I don't know, we've talked about this before. Just imagine if you just shut off news for the day in terms of meaning we weren't working. Just imagine that, you know, there's not well, what's going to be on your timeline, you know. It's going to be your friends talking about whatever they think, you know, all of that. And like you said, there's so much misinformation out there that it's not even funny. I mean, it's it's almost crazy. And it's evidenced in this case. I mean, something like this that people care so much about, they want to know the answers to even his own family wants to know the answers to. I I know I heard uh, that. Uh, at the protest, we're going to try to get you information. I, I heard members of the press saying that we're going to try to get you this information. That's just kind of the duty, I think, sure. that we that we take on. Uh, but the point is, yeah, that if if there weren't people out there trying to report on things, and then you can look at this on a whole other level too. You know, whether that's at a national level, local level, but especially a local level, I think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, but but I just wanted to clarify some things today on the case. Uh, I know that there, I mean, again, we're working on limited information here. We're trying to seek out um, things, and, and we don't know what, you know, what really happened. And we're not going to know until they release something. And, and we can sit here all day and say, you should probably release this. You should probably release this. But they feel no threat to that. But um, I think if it turned out to be a lot larger, I mean, who knows? Like you said, it could build up. I'm not necessarily saying anything could happen, but they would. I mean, I just don't think that sometimes they take it as seriously as they could. I mean, look what happened um, years ago when after the Trayvon Martin shooting and stuff right. like that. I know that was a totally different 
incident, but sure. like even that, that wreaked a lot of havoc. Oh, I yeah. mean, that was, that was super big, a lot of riots, a lot of uh, devastation there. That's um, why I, I don't think Kentucky State Police is going to get by with a year delay under the guise of under investigation with this one. I think with the deputy Ford thing that kind of worked because you were talking about an officer being involved. And I think, you know, the officers are not going to press for that kind of stuff to be released. You know, obviously they, you know, part of that, uh, same department or whatnot. But in this case, you got a family that wants answers to why a loved one's dead. You got a community that wants answers. You got a video that's been released. that's kind of suspicious out there. I just don't think KSB is going to be, have that luxury this time. And you know what, whatever the videos show, if they don't have videos, whatever, I think they're gonna have to get out in front of this here pretty soon, right after that autopsy is released mm -hmm. and say, this is what happened and why, if not, you're going to see this just a lot of suspicion, a lot of angst build over this. And the last thing that I want to add too, I think that this kind of creates the environment of, of why people have such a, uh, you know, they don't trust law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when we see law enforcement doing great things, which they do all the time, mm -hmm. I mean, like you just said on the, the front line, you know, pieces that you are doing, those are great representations of what first responders specifically are doing. But when things like this happen, it's just like a bad ad. People remember a bad ad mm -hmm. a lot more than they remember a good ad. Oh, yeah. So when people are seeing a bad incident, it is just intensified, and that's what they keep in their mouth. That's that foul taste they keep in their mouth when it comes to the police, uh, specifically when, when things like this happen. So I just think that there needs to be some transparency. And like I said earlier, if it's one way or if it's the other way, what difference is it going to make for the public? It's not like there's a, a victim that's still alive out here, I guess, beside his family, um, and there's not a, a witness per se that that could be compromised here. I don't, I don't know. I just think that it needs to to be released. The right, information does. Well, thank you again today uh, for joining me as always, Daniel. I appreciate your information, your side of things, and of course, uh, you know, it's just been a it's been a tough time uh, the last month, probably the last two months, I guess, just in terms of. Uh, coronavirus taking over the country things just kind of shutting down slowing down it's just made life harder on people i know it's made life harder just trying to get information on this side of things uh, you know not being able to be face to face with people but um hopefully uh, we'll get through this yeah hopefully everybody can hang in there you know there are some better signs coming looks like some of the flattening of the curve is starting to occur and hopefully that continues to happen we're a long way from being done but you know i think kentuckians should be proud of the way most of us have handled this crisis and you know very confident that we will continue to do the things we need to do to get through it and be better on the other end as a result and i will get a haircut soon <laughs> i'll hope for one too well you've been listening today to the local podcast